Hey everybody, my name's Sagan. I'm a heroin addict. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous, so just be kind. Um, okay, so I'm originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I came out to California in October last year to go to rehab. <clears throat> you know, people, places, things, you gotta change it all. So uh, I guess I'll start from the beginning. I started uh, using opiates uh, when I was 22 years old. And uh, of course I started on oxys, hydrocodone, fentanyl patches, whatever I could get my hands on, opanas, um, things like that. I did that for about four years. I was a functioning addict. Uh, I held down a job. I uh, was actually an oral surgery assistant, uh, high most of the time. So I did that for about four years. Things started to spiral out of control. I was with my ex who introduced me to the, these drugs, of course. Um, I decided that I, I needed to get clean. He talked me out of it multiple times. And then finally one day I was just done. So I broke up with him um, and I got clean for two years. And then uh, something broke in my brain and I was like, we should get back together because that's a good idea. And uh, at this point he had moved to Joplin, Missouri. He had graduated to heroin and meth and he was uh, on the needle. So I got back with him. I started doing heroin snorting it at first, then smoking it, and then eventually I was like, well, this would go a lot further if I would just shoot it. Yes. Uh, so started <laughs> shooting it. And then, of course, that's where the meth came in because I got to stay awake, right? Uh, so I started, it, it, let me tell you, it took about a month before I was on the needle. It did not take long at all. And um, I literally ran away from my life in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm pretty sure I had a mental breakdown. And... Um, took my ass to Joplin, Missouri. And it took about a month before I was on the needle. It took about another couple of weeks before I was out on the streets. Um, I lost 80 pounds within a month or two. Didn't take long again. This was a very fast uh, cycle. So I got to Joplin. I was living with my ex um, and we had a house and that was fine. You know, when I first walked into a trap house, I was disgusted. Yeah. When I tell you, I was disgusted. I mean, everybody's got a needle in their arm. There's ties everywhere. There's, you know, dirty rigs everywhere. And it was just normal to these people. And I was just like, what is wrong with these people? Like, do they not see what's like going on here? And I remember one girl asked me, like, I know you don't shoot. Is it okay if I do this shot in front of you? And I was like, that's so considerate of you to ask. Like, thank you. I appreciate that because I was like, it was like the twilight zone. Um, <laughs> and so <clears throat> after I started using, um, I started getting in trouble with the law, of course. Um, I was probably three months in the first time I got pulled over. Um, they came in, you know, they searched my car, they found my rigs, they found, um, they didn't find the heroin, which thank God, but I got arrested. I got OR'd that same night and yeah, that kind of started the downward spiral. Joplin police know me by name. And uh, they called me the pretty girl with the funny name. That's what they called me. And after that, I, of course, didn't have the money to pay any of my court costs or anything like that. Uh, so I had a warrant out for my arrest for a while. <coughs> I was with my ex and, you know, I was in Joplin for about a week before I found him in a hotel room with his ex. And then he broke up with me and 
I never understood. That's another thing. I never understood how these people are like, are you with them or not? Like, I don't know. I don't know if we're together or not. And I'm just like, how do you not know? I was that person now. Like, I was like, I don't know. I don't know we're together or not. So after that happened, um, you know, I wasn't talking to my family. I wasn't talking to my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad. I just cut everybody off and I didn't want them to see what I was becoming because there was still a small part of me that knew what I was doing wasn't right. And, you know, I remember the days because I didn't, I don't know if you guys in your active addiction, but I didn't work. Like I was, I was hustling. That's what I did. I, I hustled. And, um, you know, hustling doesn't always mean, you know, making deals, you know, skimming off the top, whatever. Sometimes it gets to the point where you do what you have to do to get your high. And uh, I was put in that position quite a bit. Um, and as a female, it's very dangerous um, because people automatically think they can take advantage of you. And I wasn't like that. I didn't want to be that. I, I was a businesswoman, right? Mm -hmm. I, wanted to do, I wanted to do deals. Like, I didn't want to be selling my body. I wasn't going to sleep with you for drugs or money or whatever. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm a businesswoman. And uh, my highest ideal at the time, <laughs> uh, the, the biggest heroin dealer in Joplin, he was so hard to get next to. God, he was so hard to get next to. And he only fucked with females. Like, all of his dealers were females. And I was like, this is my chance. Like, I'm going to be the one. Like, I'm going to be the best dealer he's ever seen. And, like, that was my, my life goal was to get next to this guy so that I could sell heroin and then do heroin. And now I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what was I thinking? Um, yeah, so... Needless to say, that didn't happen, thank God, because he got indicted shortly afterwards. But, um, yeah, I was out in the streets. I was dealing. I was using. I was fucking people over. I was robbing people, you know. And, of course, I wasn't raised to be that way. I came from a upper-middle-class family that didn't even smoke. They didn't drink. They didn't believe in drugs. Um, you know, they, it, was, it was a stretch for them to take an Advil if they had a headache. And then here I am. And um, it's actually funny because I went back to Oklahoma to visit my mom and dad uh, last month. And I think we went to, my mom loves the Goodwill. She loves Goodwill shopping. And she found uh, this little pill box. It was like a little travel kit for pills or whatever. And my mom's like, oh, that would be good for you because you're on medications and stuff. And it'd be easier for you to just take it with you. And I opened it up and there's like residue in there, right? And my first automatic thought, five months clean, was I could lick that. Like, I don't know what the fuck it is, but I'm gonna lick it. <laughs> and I told my mom that I was just like, okay, I'm just putting this out there and sharing this with you. Like, I totally thought about licking that. And she just grabbed it from me and threw it away. <laughs> and I was like, but these are the thoughts that we have, right? Like they're uncontrollable thoughts. And you know, it was very, very hard for me not to relapse while I was in Oklahoma, too. I'm getting ahead of myself. So, yeah, I was in and out with, uh, with my ex. We were living with his mom. We were living on the streets. We were couch surfing, you know, staying in trap houses, staying in abandoned houses, you know, rats everywhere, roaches everywhere, um, not knowing when I was going to get my next shower, not knowing when I was going to get my next meal, which really didn't matter at the time because I was on a lot of meth, so I wasn't eating 
really anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, track marks all up and down my arm. Abscesses, you know, the cellulitis all over my body, like disgusting, like it was bad. And um, the second time that I got arrested was in July of 2021 after having overdosed twice and had to be Narcan twice. Now, that, those weren't my only overdoses, but those are the only two that I had to actually be Narcan. Um, the first one in November of 2020 and the second one in January 2021. And I had two seizures the last time I overdosed. I had two small seizures. And it's the weirdest thing. And if anybody, I say if, <laughs> anybody in here that's overdosed um, knows that it's like hitting a light switch on your brain, right? It's like, it's like, the first time I did it, I don't even remember pushing the plunger all the way down. I just remember waking up on the ground soaking wet and this guy is over me crying. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Get up off me. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, you almost died. And I'm just like, oh my God, you're so dramatic. <laughs> like, you're so dramatic. What is wrong with you? But that was like my new normal, right? Like doing drugs with my ex like we would take turns making sure the other one was breathing we would you know if we didn't hear from them for a while we went and checked on them we weren't allowed to lock the bathroom door like just these little things that become part of your new normal that you, normal people don't think about normies don't think about this shit. um yeah so the second time i got arrested um it was the worst time for me to ever get arrested in my opinion in my my addict's brain. I, I say I have my addict's brain and my logical brain. Like, my logical brain knows what's going on, but my addict brain is at the steering wheel and was like, fuck you, bitch. So, like, <laughs> I had just met this new plug. He had the best H that I'd ever had, and he was just giving it to us, hand over fist. Just like, oh, you're, you're out? Here's some more. Oh, you're out? Here's some more. Like, and it was, like, amazing. <laughs> it was, like, the best ever. And um, it was me and my ex, and this new plug and his girlfriend and they got into a fight and so me and my ex were like well we're just gonna walk around and give them some time to uh work out their issues so we were we were tweaking you know we look at stuff when we go to stores and you know whatever and they i went to a lowe's it was a lowe's and i cannot go to this day i will not step foot into a lowe's i walked into the lowe's and I was walking around, I was bored. I was like, I don't wanna be here anymore. I'm gonna go stand outside. And the employees were watching us. And it was very obvious they thought we were stealing. We looked like we were fucking stealing. Like, I'll give them that, I'll give them that. But still, rude. And so, <laughs> so I went outside to smoke a cigarette and two cop cars pull up. And I had my backpack on me because I lived out of my backpack. And I was the one that had all the rigs, all the foil, all, the fucking baggies like i had it all in my bag it couldn't have been in his bag no it was all in my bag and they found it all i got arrested on um possession of paraphernalia and uh possession of controlled substance and i'll tell you i was caught with less than a t of heroin in joplin missouri they tried to give me seven years for that and it was my first offense my first felony and uh anyway so i'm i'm in jail at this point and i'll never forget i was just stone-faced the entire time because i have a pretty great resting bitch face and i uh 
was standing there. He was booking me in and everything. And the cop turns to me and he asks, are you mad at me? <laughs> and I stop and I turn around and I look at him. And then I just, and he goes, oh, are you just like, and he kind of like shrunk back and he's like, oh, are you just like mad at the situation? And I was just like, motherfucker, like you just arrested me on a felony. Like you think I'm going to be happy about that? And I just didn't even say anything to him. I just turned around and walked my ass into the holding cell. Cause I was just like, I cannot with this. So then, um, I'll tell you this. I did so much heroin that last day that I got arrested that I was in jail for three days and didn't get sick. Like I, I didn't get sick until right after I got picked up or right after I got picked up from jail. So then, you know, I'm a junkie. Everybody I know is a junkie. Nobody's got any money for bail. And I'm thinking, well, fuck, I got to call my parents. This is going to be it. So uh, I called my parents and I, you know, I, I pulled the bullshit of the crying and the, the moaning and the bitching and the come get me and I'll never do this again. And my mom was like, are you ready to change your life? And I was like, don't fucking say that to me. Just come get me. Rude. <laughs> I was a horrible person <laughs> talking to my mom like that. So they came and picked me up and I'll, well, actually, she said she was on her way to get me. They were in Tulsa two hours away. So I was like, fuck, I still got to wait two hours. So I called my ex's mom and she was like, I don't have the money to bail you out, which was bullshit. She just hated me, which whatever, again, teach their own. I probably deserved it. And uh, <laughs> I asked to use the phone and the, the officer tells me, uh, yeah, your parents are here. Like they're doing your paperwork right now to, you know, we're getting ready to release you. And I was just like, fuck. And part of me was just like, I rather stay in jail than have to face them because I was just a shell of the person that I used to be. I, you know, my skin was gray. I had dark circles under my eyes. I was a size six and on my frame, I looked like a skeleton and I'd been in the same clothes for three or four days. You know, my hair was gross. Like it was just a really bad situation. And, uh, I walk out of jail and my mom's standing there like, hey, you gorgeous, you ready to go? And I was just like, yeah, but first I need a cigarette. And so they had this guy with him that I'd never met before. And my mom was like, oh, Jeremy will get you a cigarette. And I was like, okay. And so I, I was standing there smoking a cigarette and I was like, who's Jeremy? And they're like, oh, Jeremy, you know Jeremy. And I was like, I don't fucking know Jeremy. Like, who the fuck is this guy? And I'm already sus. So then in my mind, I'm thinking, they're just gonna drop me back in the hood. Right? Like, okay, cool. Thank you for getting me from jail, but I got shit I got to do. Nope. And I was, uh, I was, I was an idiot, but it was the smartest thing I'll ever do. I'll say that. And I should have known that that was a red flag when my mom was like, oh yeah, just, just take your cigarette in the car. You can smoke in the car. My, my parents don't smoke. They hate cigarettes. Like she would never, ever, ever let me smoke in the car. And I was just like, okay. So I get in the car and my mom's in the backseat. I get in next to her. The door closes. And I immediately, when the door closed, I knew, I knew I was fucked. I turned around and looked at the car, uh, the door, and I said, if this door doesn't open when I try to open it, like, shit's going down. And I tried to open the door. They child locked me in the goddamn car. <laughs> and I lost it. <laughs> Screaming and crying and yelling, and this is kidnapping, and you can't do this. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> They locked me in the car and they drove me kicking and screaming back to Tulsa. And um, I tried to jump out of the car at one point, 80 miles an hour down the highway. My dad grabbed me by my hair and pulled me back in. That wasn't fun. 
And then I was, I had to ride the rest of the way in a headlock, which was also fun. And uh, my mom tells me, or my mom asks me, like, what are you want? Like, just tell us, just be honest, what's going on? And I said, I'm a fucking heroin addict and I'm dope sick. And she said, what do you need? And I said, more heroin. And I'll never forget, she said, I'll make a phone call. And she called her cousin, who is a, who is a heroin addict, and she, she bought me heroin because she was afraid that I was going to go into seizures. She was afraid, which honestly, I wasn't worried about that, but I wasn't going to fucking tell her that. And so she ended up buying me heroin two times. And then she was just like, I'm not going to buy you anymore. It's done. It's over. Like you need to get your shit together. So I went and saw a doctor and I got Suboxone. But of course I don't want fucking Suboxone. Like I don't want that shit. Like fucking save it. I'd rather be sick. Right. And so I waited 48 hours before I took anything. So that we're talking five days off of heroin and I was dying. I was done. And my mom, I remember she, we were in her bedroom and I told her, I'm going to say some shit that I don't mean. I'm going to look really, really bad, but I'm going to apologize to you in advance because I already know what I'm about to go through and it's hell. And my mom, bless her heart. She stayed with me the whole time. And I remember she was falling asleep and I said, if you fucking fall asleep, I said, I will kill you. I said, because I cannot sleep. And if you want to be in here with me, you got to stay awake with me. And uh, she was just like, okay, <laughs> terrified. But uh, yeah, so I made it through that. Finally took my Suboxone and slept a couple of hours. But again, when I, you know, shit's not the same. We all know it's not the same. Just because you're not sick doesn't mean that you're where you want to be. I wanted to be high. So I went to, uh, I ended up going to rehab in Tulsa. I was there for, I was supposed to be there for 45 days. I was there for 30 days and my roommate planted meth on me. And yeah, I said, I need to change roommates with the quickness because I'm going to fucking kill this bitch. And they refused to change my roommate. So I left. And at this point I still have my case pending. And my lawyer is just like, you really need to get back into rehab. Otherwise, you're, you're going to jail. Because they knew me. They, Joplin PD thought that I was this, some big heroin kingpin and uh, that I'd been trafficking it in from Tulsa, which is bullshit. I was like, I'm just a fucking junkie. I'm a lousy dealer because I just do up all my, my fucking shit. Um, so then I was just like, you know what? I think it's time finally for me to go to California because I have family that lives out here. They've been trying to get me out here for years. And I was like, I just need to get away from this place. And so I came up to California. How much time do I have? Do you know? Is anybody keeping track? Sorry. Um, I came up to California. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I came up to California uh, to go to rehab uh, in Yorba Linda. And I was still searching until the moment I stepped foot in that door. I was still wanting to use. I didn't want to get clean. I told my parents I didn't want to get clean. I said, unless the, the person wants to get clean, no amount of begging or shaming or asking or you're ruining your life or you're ruining my life or you're ruining your brother's life is going to change that. You have to get clean for yourself. It's got to be a decision that you make. So in the initially, did I want to get clean? No. But it kind of morphed into that as time went on and I saw how much better my life was getting. So I was in rehab for about four or five months. Um, I left early. I didn't finish the program, but it was, it was a bullshit program. Um, that's just my humble opinion. And uh, on the 14th, I'll have seven months. Um, 
Thank you. Thank you. Um, I went back to school uh, to be a certified drug and alcohol counselor, but I'm switching that to dental hygiene. I've, uh, you know, the relationship I have with my parents is better than it's ever been. Um, they actually have some empathy for what I'm going through, some compassion and some understanding. Because honestly, they were just ignorant of it before. They just didn't have any experience with it. They didn't know what to do with me. Because when I first got home, I was like a feral cat. Because I, you know, I'd been like in the streets and shit and I like my whole, like my language and like my body movements and you know, everything was just, it was just different. I was just, I was trash. It was trash. But, um, started going back to school. Um, I had a job interview today, which is the first job interview I've had in three years. And, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get it, which I'm pretty excited about that. Um, it's like... My life is so much different now than it, than I ever thought it could be. You know, my, my brother, the first time that we hung out, he came up to California to visit me and I was over at my uncle's house and we were watching a movie and he laid on the couch and put his head on my shoulder. And like, if you had asked me while I was using, if that had ever happened, if that would ever happen again, I would have said that you're like insane. That would never happen. Like he wouldn't trust me enough. He wouldn't want to be around me, but now everything is different, you know? I'm, I see the light at the end of the tunnel, and yes, I do still struggle. I struggle every single day. Sometimes it's second by second. Sometimes it's minute by minute. Sometimes it's day by day. It just depends on the kind of day that I've got. Um, you know, I went 30 years with untreated mental illness. Um, I'm bipolar, you know, got the depression, anxiety, and I'm medicated for all of that now. And I'm just in a much better place than I was then. Like I couldn't, I thought that I was gonna use for the rest of my life. I thought that I was gonna die in the streets of Joplin with a needle in my arm. And I was okay with that. Like that's the fucked up part about my thought process was that I was okay with that. I had accepted that. And I will never forgive myself for selling myself so, so short. Um, because the friends that I've made, I didn't have any friends before recovery. And now I've got people that I can call any time of the day, any time of the night, and they'll pick up. Uh, you know, if they can be, they'll be there. You know, I've got, I still have a whole community in Oklahoma in recovery that I can call now and they'll still pick up, you know, or if I'm, if I'm really struggling, you know, somebody is always there. And um, these rooms saved my life. These rooms saved my life. My parents saved my life. Those fucking policemen saved my life. Um, the people that called in on me at Lowe's saved my life, even though I'm still pissed about it. Um, but yeah, you know, if you're new, welcome, please stay. I hope something that, you know, somebody says resonates with you. It doesn't have to be me. Um, but the days do get lighter. You do see the, the light at the end of the tunnel at some point. You know, you just got to grit your teeth and bear it. You just got to go through it. And, you know, we're not used to feeling our feelings. And that was probably, that was the hardest part for me was feeling my feelings because I had numbed myself for so long and it was, it was any feeling. It wasn't even bad feelings. It was like, oh, I'm having a good time. This would be better if I was high. Like, or I'd get really sad and like, yeah, I need to use. Or like, I would use and then feel bad about using and then use again. Just the insanity of it. It's just, it's insanity is what it is. So uh, I'm really grateful to be here. I'm really grateful to be clean. And uh, yeah, thank you. That's all I got. <laughs>